cold open. Oh, yeah. That sounds like it's like a we're like on a satire political sketch comedy show. Wow. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Tell Me Why I'm Wrong, the internet's favorite podcast about why Sophie and I are wrong. Yeah. I'm Amos, one of your co-hosts. I'm Sophie. I'm your other co-host. And I'm not going to be our... wrong today. You're Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I however, am going to be very wrong, uh, I, I suspect. Oh, um, how interesting. Yeah, I probably, we'll I probably will be too, actually. We'll see. Um. Yeah, so uh, welcome back. Um, this is uh, season three, episode two, two. Uh, TV versus movies. Mm-hmm. And um, do we have any business before we get started, Sophie? I thought I did, but now I cannot remember, and I obviously didn't write it down. So w- let's assume we don't. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's get right into the business. Let's get into the um, r- real business. We didn't actually decide who was going to go first there, did we? We didn't. So, um, should we do a coin toss, like in the like in the sports balls, or should... uh, sure? Okay, I don't have. A coin. I just tossed a coin, and you you uh, you're going first. Excellent. Okay. Well, so um, we should maybe say that this is That's a show. Not true. I didn't really. I didn't really. Uh, toss yeah, a I, I I got that, but thank you for letting me go first. Anyway, it's very short. Uh, no, I was I was talking to our listeners. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I I could talk to them too. I guess, but I'm not going to. Um. So we we do a show where the first half, one of us explains something to the other one that they're probably not 100% right about, and the other person corrects them, and we have a conversation, then we switch. So today our topic is about um, whether movies are better than television and whether television is better than movies, because obviously this is something we have disagreed about. Is that about right. right? I mean, I would phrase that a little differently. I would say, like, how much better <laughs> are movies than tv right and i right sure yeah but we're gonna get at this by each explaining to the other person why we think they love the thing the 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 form of media so much yeah yeah so i'm gonna tell you all about how you love movies and why yeah and then you'll tell me. me if i'm wrong okay so amos uh you love movies i do you love them as we as we've established i mean we've had some of this conversation in other times um Because for the most part, they employ a formal style and technique that allow for, and in fact, invite or produce total immersion in the viewer. Mm -hmm. They're big, especially when seen in the theater, like they're literally big. They're long, rarely less than a couple of hours, and they attempt to create a freestanding world for audiences to get lost in. With music, sound, color, and movement that pulls you out of your world, especially the world of the darkened theater set up to facilitate this kind of immersion. And for a couple of hours, plops you into another space and story entirely. You love them too, Amos, uh, because as a form, movies have the time, space, and budget to concern themselves with aesthetics, cinematography, striking visuals. Um, They can afford to promote style equally and very often over and above substance. You like them because, quite frankly, why wouldn't you like them? Besides being your own quirky individual self, you, although maybe for not much longer, fit the 18 to 35-ish male demographic that most films are pitched at. You love them because you like space opera and superheroes and action and other genres that lend themselves specifically to the big, immersive, stylish visual medium of film. Movies are epic and intense and full of action, sort of narrated by an omniscient perspective, kind of like the Iliad, which you love, and also superficial and modern, like Twitter, which you Love too. So that's why you love movies. But tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of truth in there, but there's, there's a lot of wrong, really <laughs> just wrong-headed nonsense <laughs> in there as well. Uh, so wait, tell me what the right parts are and then sort, sort it out. Uh, yeah, right. So, so the, 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 the right stuff is the stuff about um, immersion, you know, as we discussed recently. Um, also, the stuff about... Um, aesthetics and you know the way i would put it is that you know a good movie is able to use the uh all the resources of a visual medium 
um, and to put all of all of those all of the possibilities of a visual medium to to use for the purpose of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of those things that like theoretically that could happen with television, but um, practically it just it just doesn't. Well, it's not um, always what TV is interested in anyway. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right, right. And, you know, as you said, the budget and time frames are different um, for the most part. So um, so all of that is, is very true. Um, and, I, I mean, obviously I like big Hollywood blockbusters that are made for 18 to 35-year-olds. Um, Men. Yep. <laughs> yep. It, again, as yeah. as we've discussed, but like, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of other movies that I like that are that that don't fall into that. Um, they don't fall into that category. You know, on this show, for whatever reason, I mostly seem to end up talking about superhero movies. But, um, but the movies that I like are, you know, it's 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 a definitely it's a, it's a much broader. Uh, can you just for our audience, like, because I think I know some of this, but like, can you could you give an example or two of like some movies that you really love that like don't fit into that category of movies that we've no- normally been talking about? Sure. Uh, well, one that we've we've talked about um, in person. I don't think we've ever talked about it on this show, but uh, Metropolis. Mm. That's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a oh geez, what year did that come out? Nineteen twenty. I really should know this, and I don't. It's a I it's a Frick's long too. film. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's it's an early one. It's not my favorite of his. I, but yeah, it's, it's a good oh, one. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a late silent movie. Um, kind of ex- expressionist. If you know, if you've never seen it, it's it's really worth watching because it's. It, I think it's been it's been super influential. On, yeah, it um, is really influential. It has basically like, all of sci-fi cinema. It's uh, political message really falls apart, like big time. Total, total totally nonsense fall, and garbage. Like, and, just and, totally and, falls apart. I mean, I will starts say that's, out that, strong, maybe, but like just, maybe. just, may, 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 but maybe not. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's yes, it's that it's a deeply confused movie. Not as um, good as M. But that's part of what I love about it. <laughs> um, is just how, like, because it it just feels like it feels like you've fallen into someone else's dream. And in the in- <laughs> yeah. incoherence of yeah. the politics, I think is part of that. Um, and you also love, don't you love? Is it Battle? I love M too. Ten- by the way, M is or... great. Yeah, M is. I mean, M is really, really good. Um, yeah. That's another Fritz the... Lang movie. That was his first. His first talkie starring Peter Laurie as a as a serial killer. I think it's so the first good. serial killer movie. It could be. It's so good. I think it is. And um, the politics of that, like the moral ethical stuff is way better it's like way more clear way better i, I don't think his wife wrote that one is his wife uh, is his wife taya von harbu oh i, I actually have no i have no idea anyway I, sh- I should really know about all these guys and I, I just don't you should but uh anyway so so yeah like german expressionist movies i like those uh wait did you name another movie that i talked over was it the was it um it's an eisenstein right like you really love it is it the one with the teutonic the only eisenstein i've seen is is battleship Battleship potemkin right which i I quite liked but uh, you know i wouldn't say that i'm like an eisenstein fan i haven't i haven't spent as much time with that stuff uh Lawrence of Arabia, that's a, a favorite of mine that I know oh, you man, hate. Man, that movie. I, I don't hate it. It's you just like too, I, I couldn't be awake. Well, yeah. No, I, last year I went to a <laughs> uh, I went to a 70 millimeter showing at a film festival. And I remember it was like 1130 and we're going in after the intermission. And I was like, <laughs> just like, ooh, it was tough. Close it, was, your it, was, eyes. it was a lot of fun. Open yeah. your eyes. There's a beautiful sunrise. Close your eyes. Open your eyes. It's Peter O'Toole's really bright blue eyeballs. Close your eyes. Yep. Open your eyes. Desert, sunrise desert, over the desert. desert. <laughs> like, desert that's desert. pretty much my memory of, of Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> uh, man, talk about an immersive movie. Um, mm-hmm. That movie just takes over your life for three and a half hours. But also, like, like seriously, three movies that have, like, I mean, there is Robot Maria, but, like, that have, like, really, like, almost nothing to do with women at all. Sure. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, there's Maria, who's, like, a, a live person, and then there's the robot version of her, and that's pretty much it for, like, women characters in the, like, four films we've just mentioned. Well, there's Elsie Elsie El- uh, Brinkman in uh, M. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's not what we're talking about no but it is part of my point that's i mean i think that's a very interesting point like like that stands out to me so much and with film and clearly doesn't bother you as much 
that's super interesting. I mean, yeah. yeah right? I, uh, no, I think I think that's really interesting, and and um, I think you're onto something there. Well, um, so okay, so but so we sorted out for some of the reasons that I'm wrong. Mm, the, but the the biggest thing is, and I, I just I um, well, I don't wanna, I'm not sure if this is the biggest thing, but it's a big thing. Is is that movies by and large have a beginning, middle, and end? Oh, I hate that! Hate that! Yeah, um, in a way that, and it's, this is 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 a little bit hard to talk about because I don't want to I don't want to just make this all about like how movies are better than television, um, but it's it's hard to talk about it without. Comparing yeah, that's okay. It. I'm okay. I, I mean, I don't but I will agree, say that but... like t- television. Yeah. Okay. So, so television can sort of fall into, and I'm I'm talking about sort of um, dramatic television here. I'm not, mm. uh, not like reality TV or news broadcasts or sports shows or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. you know, fiction shows. Um, you know, they can they can. There's sort of two poles. They can be serialized or or um, uh, episodic in a, in a show you know, is going to be like somewhere on the continuum between those two things, broadly mm-hmm. speaking, it's going to be more or less serialized and to the extent it's serialized, it's less episodic and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and I feel like you, you either end up with like on, on the episodic side of things, you end up with shows where, uh, nothing feels like it. No, nothing that happens feels like it has any consequences because nothing is carried from one, episode to the next and you know this is like like the classic sitcom um you know every at the end of every episode the situation is exactly the same as it was at the beginning (laughs) of the episode um so actions don't have consequences or or on the flip side you've got the very the very serialized show and that you can say well, well that's just like a movie but even longer what's wrong with that and and the problem with that is that nine times out of ten it ends up falling apart and and the creators can't actually maintain the coherence of the story over the long form of like multiple mm-hmm. seasons. And it seems like for you, like this, you've mentioned story several times, and it seems yep. like that's like storytelling or story is so important to you, and that yeah. film is the, I mean, not of all media in the world ever, like including epic poems or novels or something, but like between the two that we're discussing, I would agree that film is the one that's more um suited to or attached to storytelling yeah yeah i think that's i think that's totally i think that would be totally fair to say and then if what your priority is is being told a story or seeing a story be told mm-hmm. then film is sort of more your medium if with you what you care about is say um well character or sort of like i don't know atmosphere like this the set the setting the scene the sort of like yeah, little microcosm right, right. then like i don't think film's going to do that for you as well uh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not quite willing to concede that. But well, in the character part, I will. Yeah, actually, I'll, I think yeah. so. I think that's like pretty. I think. I think we can agree on that. Probably. Yeah. What's it like? Like the best. The best TV shows that are like devoted to character. You just have so much more time devoted to. Um, mm-hmm. You have just so much more time to spend with the character. Hmm. Hmm. Well, this is um, like seems like very so far like this is like what's the opposite of it's amiable. We like have it yeah. we're having like an amiable conversation. Right. Whereas no, I feel because, like in the past we really like disagreed about this. Well, I, I you know I, I was I've been thinking about this a lot um, in preparation for this, and it, and it really seems to me that it's it's a question of what you want from your media, um, and yeah. if what you want is a more or less self-contained story with a beginning middle and end then then film is the way to go mm-hmm. so i think that's probably true um how to put this I, I, but you'd rather watch but you'd rather watch a film than read a novel which is which is also something with like a right so so perhaps like in a way that like <clears throat> if we're looking at written forms like a movie would be a novel and a tv show would be like the short story or um, or poems, but you would rather watch well, a movie a short... than read a novel, right? I actually, th- I actually think that the film is more like a short story, hmm. um, and like a long novel is actually more like because it has t- chapters. 
Yeah, that's so right. interesting. Like when, like when you think about a, a, a like a real like novel sized novel getting adapted to, t- to to film, it's always it bad. always they well, it's either bad or they just have to chop the hell out of it, you know. Or There's it's sort of way like more re- material in the novel than, yeah. than you can fit into a film. Or it relies on the audience knowing the novel a little bit or a lot, yeah. like knowing it well, so that you can just suggest things. You're like, oh, that was the time they did that. Yeah, don't you don't have to explain that. Just sort of gesture towards it. Right, but they they really need to, you know. To con- yeah, right. They condensed. they get they get cut some way or another. They get condensed to, to mm-hmm. be turned into film. So I think I think in a lot of ways films are more like short stories hmm. or novellas or something. Yeah, because they're not really that short. But so, but still, right. you like film better than anything. Like you'd rather is that right that you would rather watch a movie than anything? I know that's uh, not the point of our discussion. I'm just curious. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, I'm not, I guess I'm not, I'm not willing, I'm not willing to commit to that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, right. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much more to say about this. Like I like, well, I like, <laughs> I like film cause like, you like for the reasons that, that it, it has, it's a, it's a, well, what a, about my like conjecture? Whoa. Wait, it's totalitarian. No, no, just, just that, the, the, um, I mean, I'm yeah, to, I'm trying it to find is the right word. Bit. But but that that totalizing the, the, yeah totalizing it uses like all of the a good film uses all of the resources and means available to it, it and commits them to the story, um, right? Which is sort of your thing about like not wanting the fourth wall to be broken and wanting to be immersed and you love that so much, I, right? It's not that it's I I think it's a little bit different. This isn't. I mean, this is maybe one way that film is immersive, but it's it's a little bit of a distinct point. And again, just to like draw the the uh distinction with television like you know television generally doesn't use things like a color palette the same way that you know film does um mm. in order to imbue the image with meaning i think that's a little bit less true than it used to be but yeah less true than yeah absolutely less true than it used to be and and you know prestige television is sort of using more of these cinematic techniques so what do you uh, think then about my conjecture that like this is about style over substance? I think that's preposterous. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you think it kind of it, it I mean No, it's a, it's about it, I mean for starters like I'm going to make the really uh obnoxious point that the distinction between style and substance is is like not a hard and fast distinction that visual style it can be part of the substance of a, mm, of a work. Mm, sure. Sure. Um, and I'm I'm just saying I I want uh I want my the 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 works that I'm hanging out with to make use of that as a resource. Not that it's this, more important right. than substance, just that you know, it's it's like saying like, "Oh, I only like books that um never use or or I only like poems that uh well, no, I don't know enough about poems to actually uh <laughs> a, uh, a good analogy but it's like that's that's a resource that's that's available for well sure the, I, like i only i like to read novels that have good prose yeah right yeah sure yeah. so so it's no, it, to me true. it's that's sort of like saying like oh well you you only like books that have good prose it's like well oh you're breaking up hello okay you're good yeah so that that's like like saying like oh you only like books that have good pros it's like well I, sure i guess <laughs> or, yeah, or maybe and that would be true i mean that would be true for me although i occasionally maybe read there are really, some like, books that craptastic. i like with really terrible pros yeah that we'll talk about soon <sighs> really oh yeah right. no we totally will totally <laughs> oh yeah no the spoiler is coming this is exciting uh, um yeah. but okay, you want to talk but... about a, a woman free uh environment <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real oh man um we're, but, we're teasing a, a, an upcoming episode here. Yeah, people. our homework, our homework assignment episode. Just in case you were wondering. But so, um, I would say that I would say that that's true. Except, wait, what's true? That it's just like it's a resource, and it's analogous to saying um, I like books that have good prose because, like, I I think that aesthetics are important, and that aesthetics yeah. are part of this. Like, right, style is part of substance. I would buy that, except for like this. I've been thinking so much since we talked last about like your really like your your sort of unease with political art and that art or with art that gets too 
didactic or too instructive or too political. And I feel like in that case, like, I don't know, like you like this totalizing immersive thing that doesn't like stray into politics too much. And then we had a conversation before. I don't know. I'm just like wondering if all these things have like, like they interlock in some way. So, I, you know, I was also thinking about that conversation. I'm not sure I actually believe anything that I, what I was saying about. Well, I wasn't sure whether you did either. I mean, we came yeah, to a point where I was like, can you explain some, why? It and definitely you is something like, I that I have believed. I'm not sure yeah. I believe it anymore. Yeah. It's interesting uh, because we also have talked about like your feeling that culture is just like this decoration on the on technology. So that's something, and that's, that's something I, like, you I'm said. Wondering. And I, I, yeah. I don't think I ever actually said that. Um I think that was that was your unfair characterization yeah, but you of, of, of a point I was trying to make. You kind of want culture to like you. Well, I don't know. I'm just wondering if any of these things are connected. Probably. Um, I'm trying to expose your like your your sinister like Wagner esque well, <laughs> underbelly so, or something. No, I think that's it's really think that's rude really, of me. No, it's great. It's great. And <laughs> and you know, I had an idea for a topic a while ago that was mm. um, it was going to be how Amos almost became a weird sort of conservative. Uh, yeah. Uh, but then I, I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't quite reconstruct uh, what happened. Like how, when was this? You know, I, not recently. I've been on like a very early version of, of a collection of topics. And then I let it drop because I wasn't actually no, sure. I mean, when did this actually happen? Oh, Oh, I would say like, uh, early 20s yeah yeah okay okay sure 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 you, oh you suddenly <laughs> suddenly you're, <laughs> yeah you're oh suddenly no it I, makes sense that makes perfect sense yeah 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 um yeah uh you, but you I, were you know, a little you were apolitical in a conservative way or I, something. I was i mean for a little while i was like aggressively apolitical yeah i remember yeah 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 and so so like part of me wonders whether like this is all sort of like a little bit oh. connected yeah, well, so, I mean, I should say that that, like, that argument about political art that I was making, that was sort of an argument that I was, like, dredging up from my early 20s. Mm. Um, it was sort of like a zombie argument, and I'm not... <laughs> and, I'm not uh, and you unleashed it, and then you were like, what if, who are you? Yeah, what are you like, what do you have I a saying? brain I'm anymore? Not, like, there's, like, a lot of political art that I like. Yeah. Um, uh, right, and, and, and you know, the, 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 the short version of that is that I think art has ethical content and, right. and you can make art about how people should, you know, or, or I don't say how, about, you know, how people live together and, and mm -hmm. people interacting and blah, blah, blah. Um, that can be really great. Uh, you know, there's, I, you know, yeah. When, when art is gets too specific about politics, I think there is, there's a real danger. Um, but, uh, a danger to the art or a danger to politics? To the art. Mm. Interesting. Like if you, if you know, I think it would be tough to write a really good poem about, um, you know, uh, uh, like the specifics of tax policy. Challenge accepted. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe you could pull it off, but it, but it would be, it would be, it's, you know, you're getting into like, you know, political details that that don't lend themselves really to like good art. You know, if, if someone could pull it off, I would tip my hat to them, but yeah. Now I'm just like racking my brains. I want to pull something out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know where were we going with all that. I don't was know. I was just wondering if any of this is like connected to all that stuff, but it sounds like it's in, it's evolving anyway. So yeah. But again, yeah. you know, I, 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 uh, yeah, I don't I don't see like a a really strong connection between the the political stuff or or my like shifting level of comfort with political art and my preference for film over mm -hmm. television. Mhm. Mm I'm not sure that I see that. Um It's just so interesting to me because like again, this is like perhaps nudging into our next like segment a little bit, but like I if I'm not if I have like some energy, if I have some intellectual energy, I probably am not going to watch anything. I'm not going to watch a movie or TV. Like I'm going right. to read a book. Um, oh, I see. But once I get to that place where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of ready to be passively entertained. I mean, except, I mean, obviously there are, there are like, there are exceptions when you're like, I really want to see this movie or like, I really want to see this interesting TV show. Those aside, like if I'm choosing this as a pastime, 
by the time I get to that point, like, I don't want to be wowed and dazzled by some, like, ginormous spectacle that, like, wants to pull me in and show me a beginning, a middle, and the end. Like, I don't know why you would ever do that to yourself. That seems exhausting and unpleasant. But maybe you can explain to me that it's, like, actually really, like, restorative or something. It just, I don't know. I know I'm sounding like one of these, like, I don't know, these, like, German aesthetes who are like, don't, don't exhaust yourself with too much art you know but like it just it doesn't i would never do that it would never occur to me it would be unpleasant i wouldn't want to do it that like relaxing with something that has a beginning middle and end would be is unpleasant that like is also like using taking itself seriously and like using the full measure of its of stylistic palette or something like i just like it's i don't i that does i don't want to do that okay I mean, so why do you, I mean, so why do you is what I'm asking. Like, why is that like, why is that like enjoyable? <laughs> it's tough for me to answer that. Cause that like what you're describing is like so alien from my experience. Um, really like you come home from a long day and you're like, you know what I want to do is I just like want to watch a movie. So, I mean, there are definitely times when I don't want to watch a movie. Mm. You know, there are times when I'm like, okay, you know, I just want to like, I, you know, I need to like, turn my brain off for a little while. Like I had a stressful day and, and I don't, I'm not sure I can pay attention to something for two hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. That happens to me. But, but, um, you know, if I end up watching TV, it just, it feels more like a placeholder. Mm. Like here's like a, a, here's like a, a pleasant thing that I can do because I don't have the energy to do something else. Not something right. that I actually have any passion for. Mm-hmm. That's Whereas, like, when there's a movie that I'm excited about seeing, I'm excited to, I mean, I'm like, I'm excited to watch it and right. um, experience it. Hmm. Hmm. That's so interesting. I almost never feel that way. This is interesting. I feel like this, yeah. I, I want to, so. I, like, don't like to go to the movie theater. I, like, don't like to sit in the dark. I don't like any of it. Speaking of Wagner, like, that's all his fault, by the way. Like the reason that we sit in, like, I mean, obviously movie I mean, also, is, like, has to do with projection technology, I think. Yes, yes, of course. But, like, the reason that you go, when Co- you see, you see a play. culture is just an ornament on. <laughs> <laughs> when you, <laughs> right. But, like, when you go to see a play and you and the lights go down and you sit in the dark and the stage is lit, that's, that's Wagner. Like, that's his thing. Uh, and, and, like, and that the, you know, the, if there's a, uh, an orchestra, like, you don't see them. They're sort of in the no. pit. They're below. No, all that stuff. Man, yeah, sure. Right. Um, but it's all about, like, sort of, disgu- like, disguising the artifice and being like, you don't, you're in, yeah, you are, you're in somebody's dream. It's just yeah. that Wagner's dream is, like, real creepy. Woo-hoo. Although beautiful. <laughs> although beautiful, but, like, real creepy. Beautiful but, but like, creepy. But, like, um, I mean, yes, projection technology, it's easier to see a film when the lights are off. But I also think movie theaters come out of, like theater theaters. So totally. part part of that is just the sort best of like movie theaters are old. Right. Sure. Yeah. So where was I going with this? I have no idea. I don't want to go You're there. I don't want to do that. I, you I know. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to sit there in the dark. I don't want to sit there in the dark. I want to like, I want to my couch and my kitty cats and like a, my kitchen is right there. I can get another cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. what who, anyone could do anything in a movie theater. It's, it's, I, well, you're f- wait, wait. I'm like, af- I'm get, I get afraid in there. I don't know. Am I claustrophobic? Yes. <laughs> I, that sounds more like agoraphobic. <laughs> well, could I be both? Because I think I am. Uh, We're gonna do a segment on behavioral health, right? <laughs> so this is this is very interesting to me. So uh, you don't get like a little thrill when you sit down in the movie theater. It's and, like, like a bad thrill, and you're like you're like waiting, and then the lights finally dim. And you're like, oh, here we go. A little bit, but mostly I'm like, ah, we, I want to go home. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I just don't like to leave the house. Here's the thing. And this is something I noticed, that, like, the older the older I get, the more I notice this. That, like, it's, mm. uh, you know, I think, um, you know, good movies require a certain amount of attention. Yeah. And it's easier for me to give movies the attention that they deserve in the theater Mm, that's interesting sure that makes sense and i I mean there are some movies that i like it's just it's you know i do like movies that are quieter and quieter movies give give me give me an example of one okay a movie that i really love because i've told you about the loud movies that i like they're yeah i'm doing i'm like doing a robot maria dance right now i wish you could oh i love the robot maria dance (laughs) i i love i i have to say i have a very fond memory of you doing the robot maria dance that the next time i see you i hope that you will do it um 
I, I really loved, um, it's a Jane Campion film. Um, it's about John Keats called Bright Star. I really, oh, I really love that movie. It's really good. It's really, but it's like, it's, it's very slow. And I mean, I think part of her point is that she's sort of trying to give us a sense of like the pace of the past is just like yeah. a different pace. I really love that movie. Um, that's like one of the f- most recent movies I've seen. Um, I saw oh, the movie that came out Carol. Like three or four years ago. Yeah, I mean, but I didn't see it when it came out. I like okay. watched it on Netflix. Um, I watched the movie Carol. I liked that. Oh, I heard that well. was good too. It was good. It was good. I mean, Kate Blanchett is like I, I mean, love Kate Blanchett. She's great. I do too. Like she's really good. And did you see like, Thor Ragnarok? She was in that. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, she's the. Are villain you surprised? She, uh, no, no. It was it was kind of a joke <laughs> question, really. Yeah, I figured. Uh, I figure that is like that's not actually like about. Um, like Norse mythology or something like it's I mean it's about the god of thunder, uh, like a little bit Thor. sure yeah there's a black valkyrie really. oh okay yeah no, it's um, good good movie yeah so those oh. are like movies that i've seen recently that i that i liked a lot but but i but like i didn't i'll be honest like i didn't really want to be watching them yeah <laughs> like i was sort of watching them because i thought that i should watch them and then somewhere in the middle i was like oh no this is good i i want to see what happens next but i didn't want to be i would rather be reading or watching a television show or something but you watched them anyway but i did watch them anyway i mean i i, I like them okay huh yeah wait what were you gonna say before i don't remember okay <laughs> oh something about vegetables they're like eating vegetables <gasps> wait who what watching movies for you it's like eating vegetables yeah, yeah. no to- yes absolutely like like, um, I think I should watch this because I think it's probably pretty good and it's probably like significant in some way. And it will like some, somebody who's good at their craft has made this thing and I should like check it out. But like, I don't really want to. That's how I am. That's how I am with, uh, prestige television shows. Yeah. That's well, like, I, I'm like, well, I probably sh- would agree with that. <laughs> shoot. I read, I read this article on birth movies, death. That said that this show was really great, so I guess I'm going to watch it now. I mean, to be fair, I'm kind of a philistine too. Like, I don't necessarily. I mean, there are some quote unquote prestige shows that I enjoy, but like mostly not. (laughs) Right. Right. I'm not really in it for that. I mean, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Your your contention about what the golden age of television was and how it's not what not what people say. Yeah. Well, Uh, right. Well, hey, that seems like a pretty good uh, transition. Yeah, I think so, too. I feel like we've gotten to the bottom of something. We've gotten closer anyway. But it's just like, I'm still baffled. I'm still like, why do you want to do that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, right. Um, (laughs) Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Sophie, you love television. That is true. You love relaxing in its cool, comforting glow. I know this because we talked about it a little bit last season, but for reasons that our listeners might not know, it's still a little hard for me to wrap my head around. So let me give a little backstory. Sophie and I went to college together back in the day. Uh, It was a weird little place, and one of the most distinctive things about it was that there was basically no television. The cable company didn't run cables out that far. And you, you could almost get one very fuzzy channel with an antenna. My first semester there, uh, the president of the college offered to buy big TVs and satellite dishes for all the dorm common rooms, and the students voted it down. And as I recall, one of the leading voices against this proposed (laughs) incursion of technology in the outside world uh, was one Sophie Dart. Is is that correct? Yes. Yep. So things change, I guess. Uh, I think... You you had long hair back then. I was a vegetarian. Oh, you we, were? I yeah. forgot. We you leave behind the radicalism of our youths. But TV has changed, too. <laughs> There's more good stuff to watch. And it's easier to get a hold of it than in the late 90s. So I'll speculate some on what you like about TV now that you're all grown up. I think that the core of it for you is that you like ongoing relationships with characters. Um. I think you like the feeling of stability and comfort that comes from hanging out with a group of likable characters who mostly like each other. You've talked about preferring silly 30-minute shows over hour-long prestige dramas, and I think this is why. I think you get your needs for complex narrative met by reading novels. 
So you like the low stakes and easygoing nature of 30-minute shows. Anyway, tell me why I'm wrong. No, I, I don't think you're wrong at all. Uh, I think you're totally right. right. Although, like, if I were part of a community like the one that we were part of then, I think I would probably still be like, ugh. T-. Like, I think TV is like, now TV is like the old fashioned. And I'm like, oh, come in, dear old medium. <laughs> but like, it's the internet. Like, if I could live in oh. the internet free dorm of life, I would. Yeah. Like, if I could live in a dorm that just doesn't have a router. Like I, I would want that. Like I would want to be with my friends or with my community. I mean, even if it wasn't a dorm, right? If I'm a grown up, it's like a a duplex or something. You know, like I, I would, I would want that. Um, right. Because I like the like if I'm gonna have people around me that I care about and that are in a community with me, I would still rather just be with them than like have something beamed in from the outside to distract us from each other. That said. TV's way better now than it was in the late 90s, yeah. early 2000s. Like, yeah. really. Um, but no, you're right. And I didn't have a TV for a really long time. And then I did. And then there was, like, good shows. And I still don't have one. I mean, I don't have, like, a television set. Um, you're probably right that it's, like, it is, like, there's something comforting about it rather than being, like, I don't know. I'm having the image of, like, um, you know, when you put, like, hot water and soap in a jar and then you shake it really hard and it like bubbles and fizzes like i don't want that to happen to my interior world so tv is like a nice way to sort of be like i'm i'm being entertained by like a narrative without like making myself crazy Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean i spend a lot of time with storytelling as an historian and i think I kind of like TV because it's like you've said, it's not really interested in a long form story or about change over time or cause and effect or like, well, that's episodic TV, right? Episodic Mm -hmm. TV. Yeah. Yeah. And even, even serialized TV of certain kind, it builds very slowly over time. And, you know, there's always a B story. There's always a B story or a C story where like, it's it's inconsequential what's happening. You know, it's just like, that's just the side story. Did you ever, you ever watch the good wife? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I liked okay. the first couple of seasons a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just I bring it up because I think it's a nice. I actually think it's it's a really nice example of a show that balanced. Um, yeah. Oh, I agree. Uh, uh, serialization and. Um, episode, yeah, I would. I, episodism. Episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Each each episode told a story that like had its own beginning, middle, and end, while also yeah. being part of a larger narrative. But you never felt like. You never felt like the show was just treading water. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And some like, of those longer narratives kind of fell apart and ended up being yeah. sort of stupid, but right. that was yep. okay. I mean, I was watching a show. I mean, I've, I know, like, I've had experiences watching shows where, like, the, the, the through line just completely falls apart. And you're like, yeah. well, that was, like, nothing. But you don't, you don't really care because you're right. Like, if I want something that's really well-crafted, I'm probably going to read a book. Whether it's, you know, an academic, like a scholarly book or a novel or short stories or poems or something. So, yeah, I'm not really in it for that. I don't really care. I mean, I hope it doesn't completely let me down, but I also kind of maybe don't care that much. Maybe this is why I feel like it's my hobby because it's like I don't yeah, actually right. care that much. And Well, and, and for me, when I feel like that long narrative falls apart, like I end up getting frustrated and end up dis- mm-hmm. disengaging because I feel like mm-hmm. nothing that happens matters anymore. <laughs> like in life like generally well, in the show i feel like i feel yeah. like well gee come on what <sighs> right like, like the stakes have changed and who cares anymore yeah like i don't i you know so here's here's an example i, I think i mentioned i, I finally fi- finally got around to watching game of thrones oh did you i did never... did you watch all of it like doesn't that take like four hundred thousand years it took a long time but i am i am now caught up and it's really violent i mean there's like a lot of heads that get chopped off yeah uh I don't want to a see lot that. of on and off screen sexual violence that's pretty right. gross. Yeah, I don't um, want to see that either. Yeah, no, I don't think it's. I don't like think not it's the as show a, for like you. entertainment. <laughs> yeah, def not not the show for you. Um, I would say I don't know. It's I it's it's really. I, I'd say you know for me it kept me engaged because it does such a great job with the serialized storytelling. Mm. Of, have um, you read the books i haven't no i've heard they're bad or i don't know that the they show is sort very of very like, long like the, <laughs> yeah but like somehow the show it's like we've talked about this before that like and i really don't know because i've neither seen the show nor read the books but like 
uh, a show that's a high budget, high concept show can kind of make that make it seem as if a book had good prose, but the book really actually didn't. Oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Right, right. It's like a translator could could do yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Oh hey, and we're gonna have an episode about translation too. Oh good, good, good. Yeah. Um. But so oh. you watch Game of Thrones. Well, so and then then in the last season, I feel I felt like all of that kind of fell apart. Or I'm just mm-hmm. like I'm like I don't know like what is going on here like you you don't know how mm-hmm. to structure a season anymore <laughs> like you know I don't know who like you know there's one important character I'm like I have no idea who this person is anymore mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they just don't feel like a coherent character anymore and, and the whole thing started to fa- fall apart a little bit and I feel like whenever I'm when I'm watching serialized shows that's how I feel I feel like it's walking they're walking a tightrope. Mm-hmm. And 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 the longer they can they can go, the more impressed I am. But also, just the more anxious I am that it's it's all going <sighs> to fall apart. Um, and it always does. Well, that's probably true. I, well, I this is the thing, almost like always, almost always, and that's like that's the other thing is like I I will agree with this that like I don't think TV shows should be allowed to run for as long as it's deemed like profitable because enough eyeballs are looking at them. I think that's like. That's pretty bad for the art form. Obviously, that's intrinsic to the art form, at least in the U.S. But like, yeah. I just feel like it's bad. Like, you should end that shit. Sorry, stuff before it gets before it gets to that point. Like, be like, we're gonna make the show for four seasons, and this is sort of like what's gonna happen. I think and I, that happens more now than it used to. Yeah, and um, and I think it's like a huge boon to TV that there are ten episode seasons or. 12 right. episode oh, yeah. seasons yeah, yeah, yeah. instead kind of, of 22, which is brutal. I mean, who can make 22 episodes for five years and have them be good? Right. No one. Almost no one. Yep. Probably no one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm, so in that way, is TV getting more like movies? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is. I mean, there's more serialization. You know, shorter seasons is and 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 you know, as you said, there's more use of like cinematic sort of uh, camera work and mm-hmm. yeah, sure. So better yeah. actors, better writing, yeah, yeah, for sure. More, more, but of it's the still same a little bite sized, little bite sized, you know, treat. Yeah, yeah, it's like just a cupcake, just like a mini cupcake. <laughs> And an episode of TV is a mini cupcake. Yes, an episode of TV is like a mini. It's like it's like a series of mini cupcakes that you can just eat when you're ready, and it's just a little sweetness for your day, and you're not taking on some kind. It's not like it's not like going to be difficult. I mean, there is TV that's like challenging, and I do like yeah. some of that, but like still, it's a cupcake. It's not like now you have to learn how to eat like a poisonous puffer fish, and and you got to like it. In movies are puffer fishes? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like fancy food that like you have to be like really committed to. I don't know. Okay. I can't really think of okay. any fancy food like that. So aged in, beef or something. I mean, I think I think that's interesting because because one of the things that I struggle with with television actually is, is this sort of sense of commitment where hmm. where like if I'm going to start watching a show, I'm like, how many seasons of this are there? Oh no, you got to just be like, Ugh. do I want this cupcake? Okay. And then you're like, um, oh, this got stupid. I'm done. But there's more. There's different ones. You can just like watch something different. You can just like watch yeah. something else. You don't have to. That's the thing. It's like, wait, sub question. Do you always read right to the end of the book? Are you like one of those people who are like, I hate this novel and there's 300 more pages, but I'm going to read it just to spite myself? No. Okay. Because that would be like a separate thing. I don't feel any obligation to continue. I mean, I'm ready to like, I'll just give up any time. Yeah. Because that's who I am. I'm a quitter. Even if it's so good, I... even if it's good, though, I just, I feel like put off by like there being a lot of a show to mm. watch. Mm. Just, yeah, it just feels like a commitment. It's so interesting. I never feel that way. Yeah. You know, I will say that like one of the nice things about like once you like get into a show is is feeling like when you want to watch something, you always have something yes available to watch. Whereas if I think that's if you're a movie watcher, you're like, oh, what am I going to watch today? Yeah, and then you've like given two hours of your life away, and you're like, this wasn't even very good. Right. Yeah. Sure. 
I think that's the thing, though. I mean, as we've talked about, I think, before, I enjoy routine. And so when you're like, oh, I have, I have another episode of watching The Crown. I have another episode. Oh, the, the, the next season of The Crown just dropped. So mm. now I have 10 more episodes of The Crown. So I happen to know I'm going into exam periods. So yeah. I'm going to be giving a lot of exams and then grading a lot of exams. But I know that, like, after days of grading and proctoring, like, oh, I can watch an hour of the crown like that's a nice feeling i watched a few i, like I watched a few episodes of the crown it seemed very boring um the first couple of episodes are dark man when they take that guy's lung out like right in front of you i was not ready oh, for that oh jeez i'm not sure i got that far <laughs> but i actually think it's really fabulous but it is quiet it's a, like it, you know it has like a subtle i think it has like a quietness to it i mean it gets a little drama-y in yeah. moments but but I, yeah I, I mean she's very subdued and then the show is very sort of subdued around her. I like it. Yeah. Not Game of Thronesy though. I mean, there is a throne, but <laughs> and there are games. <laughs> but like nobody's getting their heads chopped so that, far. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I did like that it included uh I think I think I, there was a scene with Prince Philip being horribly racist. Uh Oh yeah. I, no, I they all are. That. I think the show is doing so far like a pretty nice job of sort of like showing where British imperialism is in the early 50s and that like it's just not going to be able to stay in that place because right. it's just it's just it's just bad. Like not only is it sort of unsustainable from a <clears throat> administrative, economic, et cetera, point of view, it's just is wrong. It's just so wrong and they're just and they're just so stupid. And, and at least on the part of, like, some of the royals, just so naive about, about like, human, the, 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 the vastness of human life and human civilization. Like, they're so sure that, like, you know, like, they're the best <laughs> of all the humans. Right, right. So uh, yeah. what else are you watching these days? What else am I watching? I mean, I'm still, I, I, it's on a hiatus, but I've, I've been watching The Good Place. I still think that show is great. And that is a show that has like an aesthetic. It has an aesthetic for sure, it does, yeah. which I enjoy so much. Have you watched it? Did we talk about I, this? I've seen like the first six or seven episodes. Maybe. Okay, it gets you know, and it's you might keep watching it just because it has some really great twists. And also, as you may have noticed, one of the main characters is um, a philosopher, a philosophy I professor. Did notice that, and he's it, pretty awesome. And also, the 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 I I have a little bit of a weird relationship with the creator of the show, um, oh. Michael Schur. Yeah, because I used I used to read his. He used to write a blog called Fire Joe Morgan. Really? Yeah, he it was a it was a pseudonymous blog. He wrote mm. as as Ken Tremendous, and uh, <laughs> I think there were other people who wrote. So so I knew him as as a this pseudonymous baseball blogger where he would basically make oh. fun of bad sports writing, um, <laughs> and bad sports analysis, and and just get really sarcastic about it, and and. Joe Morgan is a uh, he was a Hall of Fame baseball player who went really an incredible baseball player who went on to become a really really terrible broadcaster. Mm. Um. So, anyway, so I I I knew him as 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 Ken Tremendous, and then you know later on found out that he was a television writer and he is, and he's like made a lot of um, yeah he did I Parks mean, and Rec not... and Brooklyn Nine Nine, right. which are also both shows that I like a lot. Although I will say that like Parks and Rec, I have like. I have mixed feelings about, but, uh, but, but I don't have mixed feelings about the good place. I think it's really quite excellent yeah, and, I've and liked really what I've thoughtful seen. and interesting. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's way smarter than the others and, um, and really weird and funny and good to look at. Like it is sort of like a cupcake. It's like a pink, def- and pa- yeah, it's like no, a pastel cupcake. Like, it looks like a Katy Perry video or something, <laughs> but, um, but it really like, I mean, first of all, I think it's ambitious and it's like, it's pretty daring. Like, who makes a show where all the main characters are dead? Yeah, right. That's not that's not a zombie show or like some kind of like weird sci-fi thrillery thing. Like, right? No, like, it's it's a it's a sitcom. It's a sitcom, and like I just think it keeps taking risks that are really great. And I guess this is the thing: is like I can say all these things I have just said about like routine and comfort and not being too challenged, but I actually think it's fun. It's it's fun, and it takes some real. Um. It takes some real risks in its like aesthetics, but also in like the 
issues that it raises, and I appreciate that so much. And I, I do like that about TV. I think like TV can do that in such an interesting way. It's like, it's like a cupcake that has like basil in it or something, and you're like, this was a risk. Like, who knew that basil with strawberry icing was going to be good? But like, you tried. I've also been watching The Great British Bake Off a lot. <laughs> can you tell? <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, I hear that's good. Um, I've never seen it. It is good. I mean, if you like baking at all and if you like England at all and if you're Britain really and if you like I don't know do you like being entertained by like like adorable people doing things I mean the, the hosts are just like charming and, yeah 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 I'm I'm coming off as like such an Anglophile in this moment oh yeah with your great British queen off <laughs> yeah exactly yeah uh, but yeah, I mean, they make good. They make some good TV movies in Britain. Turns out, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't like it to be too dumb, but it can't be too dumb. I mean, if it's too dumb, forget it. Right. But a little dumb is sort of good. It sounds. It sounds like what you're saying about the Good Place is that it's it's sort of, you know, within the this sitcom form, it finds ways to be inventive and interesting. Yes, but it's yes, got, yes. You and that's why I love the, community. The comfort of the form. Yes. Well, right. And even though the show is smart, the characters are a little bit dumb. Sure. Yeah. So that's enjoyable. And also, <laughs> I mean, I'll just say that, you know, I think Kristen Bell is um, just completely charming. So she is really charming. Well, and she's and the character anything. is. Yeah. Yeah. And this character is so kind of awful yeah. that it's like, you know, she's sort of like the, the antihero. And while she's like very cute and charming, she's also like, you know, a really she was in, in her life, like a pretty terrible person. And oh, so yeah. it's. It's really like fun to watch that all happen. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I feel like I should be doing some summary, like like in conclusion. Amos loves movies for this reason, well, or like what what have we learned, class? <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think the the one thing that we sort of. Uh, well, one thing that I want to I want to circle back to we we talk we sort of determined that movies were better for storytelling maybe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and and TV's better at, for character. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I wanted to come back and and talk about character a little bit. Yeah, what's up with character? <laughs> what's what's um, the deal? What do you mean? What's the deal? I'm not like sure. I feel like there's. I, 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 <laughs> Well, I mean, I'll say, like, this is just off the top of my head, so, like, usual, like, I'm going to say it and then find out whether I think it's true or not. But, like, even as an historian, I mean, we are focused on narrative. We're focused on cause and effect. We're focused on what we, you know, what we call change over time. Um, that's that's the job of historians is to chart change over time. Um, you know, you want you want to say, how like, okay, so so at the beginning of my, like, article or book, the th- this thing was like this, and at the end it was like this. So what happened? How did it change over time? And all mm-hmm. that stuff is like, okay, yeah, fine. But for me, what's really intriguing about history is characters is like is the people and the relationships that people have and that could be i mean i also really love i love sort of like macro history social history that stuff like it doesn't have to be necessarily um like famous individuals that we know but like imagining these these interrelationships between people and and in some cases i mean i i love i actually do love i I get to read people's diaries and, and letters to each other and they're you know who are funny with each other and fond of each other and to me that's like that's the draw. That's the real meat of it. And I think that's one thing that TV can do really well, too. But I think there's a danger, which is, like, don't think that these people are your friends. Yeah. Like you're sitting alone in your living room. They're <laughs> not your friends. Oh, that's funny. Like, they're not real. And in the case of being an historian, like, that's just, you know, it's, it's a, if, if, you're, if you're the kind that I am, like, you get a little heartsick. You're like, my friends are dead. <laughs> like, like all my, all the people I spend my time with have been dead for 50 to 150 years or 3000 years or how old, you know, depending on your, what you do. But I think like you got to be careful. And I like shows that don't let you fall into being like, Oh, like those guys, they're my pals. Like they're so great. They're my surrogate friends and family. Like that's probably not actually very healthy. And I think that is like one of the dangers of TV being too likable can you give an example of a show that doesn't let you do that that doesn't let you or or how a show might not well so um i i like i often use the difference between 30 rock and parks and rec which are like 
comparable shows in some ways, right? Tina Fey and Amy Poehler also are very good, like publicly very good friends. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of compare and contrast. And I think that Parks and Rec wants you to feel like these people are, are good. Even when they screw up, they're good. There's really nothing objectionable about any of them. Even though they violently disagree on like important political issues, they're all good-hearted people. And you love them. And you like want to be in with them a little bit. Um, I, I never like that show so much as when I'm actually watching it. And then I like stop watching it. And I'm like, wait a second. Hold on. What? Like, actually, I don't know. And I feel like 30 Rock never lets you go to that place. Like, you always are aware that these people are really messed up and probably have, like, very objectionable <laughs> ways of living in the world. Hmm. Um, it's like, you know, we I was talking with another friend of ours at one point about, like, the way that the show treats Jack Donaghy versus Ron Swanson. And, like, Ron Swanson is just a good guy. And you never have to face the fact that he's, like, actually probably, like, like pretty bad um but jack donaghy is always pretty bad even when he's like being charming and vulnerable you're like oh you're a bad person i see right that's interesting huh. yeah huh yeah so i think a little <laughs> distance like going back to our previous fourth wall yeah right uh, discussion like a little bit of like punching you out of your comfort zone and being like wait these people aren't so nice they aren't your real friends like don't you have any real friends <laughs> like that's probably a good thing for television to do yeah I'm, i don't know if that's something movies can do or should do or are in danger of not doing I, I really couldn't say yeah yeah i'm not sure um so oh i was Oh, I think I think there's this there's this like natural thing that happens in TV shows where over the course of time characters who are quote unquote bad at the beginning end up getting turned into good guys. Yeah. And again this like thinking about Game of Thrones, there's one character in particular where I'm just like like this character feels completely incoherent to me at this point and it's and it's because the show is like trying to like at the beginning, he's just a nasty, nasty guy, uh, and the show's trying to have him develop a conscience now, and I'm not buying it. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. It, or, or, or you know, <laughs> you think about uh, Mash and and uh, Winchester when he first is introduced. He's a real, he's just a jerk and a pompous ass. But like by the <laughs> time they they ended the show, he was like basically friends with everyone. And that happens, like, not just with individual characters, but with the relationships, as you're pointing out. Like, thinking back to, like, our very first episode, I think, when we talk we talked of all things about Downton Abbey, um, oh, yeah. which we were not expecting to do. Oh, great and example. I, the Dowager Countess is a great well, example Well, of all of them. Because it's not just that, yeah, like, she's a good example. But, like, for example, Mrs. Hughes, who's the housekeeper, who's my favorite character. I really like her. And I think she's a good-hearted woman. But she, because, like, in the first season, because of, like, the the realism that they're trying to capture the necessity of her behavior. Like it is necessary that she is not very nice to Daisy, the scullery maid. Now she's right. not sadistic or abusive, right, but, but she's, she's not that cold. nice. She is. She's brisk and cold. And she's sort of like, you know, get on with your life. And that's important to the show because Mrs. Hughes is a nice woman, but it's like, it's her job to be a little bit of an ass. Yep. To, and I think that says something important about like the structures totally. inherent in like in this very hierarchical yeah, right, hierarchy right. inside the house, but also these class hierarchies. That's important to say. It's like Mrs. Hughes is not a bad woman, but she has to act this way because that's how she can do her job effectively. And by the end of like what the second season, by the middle of the second season, everybody's like hugging each other and being really kind. Yeah. And that's the movement of the television show, but it's not, ref and it's like, and it's comforting to us to be like, oh, they like, they came together, but it's not reflective anymore of, of the milieu that they were trying to capture. And that's fine. Like if that's what Downton Abbey wants to be, then it can be that. And it's like, it's more pleasant, Yeah. but it's not, it's not as interesting. But right. It's it, right. Exactly. And I think like that is sort of maybe almost inevitable but disappointing yeah and again that's that's that ends up being the sort of uh, uh thing that limits my enjoyment of mm -hmm. tv because because i can't just go to the episodic side of things right what do you mean you can't i mean just go like there? like purely episodic tv doesn't mm. really have any interest for me because it because it's just like one standalone yeah just it doesn't feel like another. anything matters it doesn't right and there's not really any shows like that anymore they're very very few yeah yeah. 
Well, and I think the other thing is like, I don't know, one thing I really like about it, but it sounds like you do not, is that like you're almost sort of watching if we can call it art, I mean, it's very commercial art, but like you're watching it in the process of unfolding. And sometimes people make mistakes and they go right. in the wrong direction and you don't like that. But like, I love to see that. Like maybe this is the highbrow version of why I like TV, mm. but it's like, I like to see all the strings and wires and like, Oh look, they made a pilot. And then, Oh, what did they change when they like moved away from the pilot? And Oh, like they seemed like they were going to go in this direction, but then they didn't. Or like, Watch these actors cultivating these characters before your very eyes. Right. And you don't get to do that in a movie. Like, it's all already packaged up for you. And you, like, you, you either like it or you don't. Like, that's not really true. But you can have a complex opinion. But you're not watching it evolve. And I think there's something really cool about something that is episodic or serialized, which, you know, in some cases are both. I, lo- I love that you get to see that. I mean, it reminds me of like, I don't know, it's the classic dopey example, but like people reading Charles Dickens and being like, what's going to happen in the next? And you can talk with your friends about like, what's going to happen in the next episode, mm-hmm. in the next installment. And this is cool to know that Charles Dickens is somewhere in London, like writing the next page while you're waiting for it. It's like, I don't know, it's like feels collaborative or something. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ambivalent about that thing, about the, the watching mistakes <laughs> being made. Mm. Um, you don't like it. Well, I'm ambivalent about it. Like, but you like watching sports. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> just that's just a different different thing. Um like okay. I I I appreciate there there's things I appreciate about it and sometimes it's kind of fun or interesting, but it again it just it sort of interferes with my sense of coherence of the mm. thing. Mhm. Mhm. Um And I yeah. I that's interesting. I think there's a there's a part of me that wants to treat a TV show as a, just a very long movie. <laughs> and, and when it doesn't right. have the, that level of coherence, then right. It fails. It fails as a movie. Exactly. It's always going to fail as right. a movie. Right. Yeah. And you're not as sold. You're not so sold as I am on the genre or the medium that you want. you like are happy if it succeeds as a TV show, you want it to succeed as a movie and it's not going to, it's not going to. Yeah. Right. Like I actually mostly hate the 30 minute sitcom form. I don't understand that. It just like, I mean like people talk about like the classic sitcoms and stuff. And I, Oh, those are all bad. I mean, I don't want to watch those either. No interest. Yeah. I I can't watch them. Even even the ones that everyone agrees are great. I'm like, I'm like what? Well, it's like cheers or no, I can't watch uh, Seinfeld. I, Oh, I can't watch that show. Seinfeld, I, I, I have. It's not like I've watched Seinfeld in recent moments, but I used to, I used to like um, enjoy no, never, Seinfeld. Never cared for it. Um, <laughs> so you know, and then I guess something something like The Good Place is is in many ways a thirty minute sitcom, but it definitely is much more serialized. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Well, there's like a mystery that's sort of unfolding. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I wonder whether like it's not just that these things are becoming more like movies, but that they're becoming more like other kinds of things. Like radio plays used to be very serialized mm. and you sort of had to tune in week to week sure. and it was telling a story and it was mysterious. And I don't know. I don't know enough about the history of this, but like, yeah, the sort of standalone episodic sitcom. Mm, is it that it's becoming more like a movie with a beginning, middle and an end? Or is it becoming more like a radio show or a radio play where there's like an unfolding drama or right. history or something. Yeah. Right. Like, like it, just, it, it gives the, at, at, at any particular moment, it gives the appearance of something that has a beginning, a middle and one presumes an end, but there may never yeah. be an end. Well, this is the thing. Or, like, or the I ending th- may be like complete, like, garbage you know what i mean or or it's totally mysterious to the people who are even making it up it's like telling a story when you like don't know what's gonna happen Yeah, like, like where you have like a group of people and you go around the circle and each person says the next sentence of well the and story. that's the other thing is that like tv is much more a kind of collaborative community media totally. like right it's just th- written by the writer's room and movies tend to be that can happen it's with an movies, auteur like, medium it's an uh it's an auteur medium yeah so, so it, right. it's interesting you were, you were talking about tv becoming more like movies i think there is a certain class of movies that are becoming much more like television like like the sort of like unending um uh movie series yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean i think yeah. especially like the, the the best example is the the marvel cinematic universe where you have right um these movies that are all sort of interconnected and, and they don't quite work. They don't have the dramatic unity that you normally expect of a movie. And some people mm-hmm. complain about that. And I say like, yeah, I, I get that at the same time. It's, it's a, I think it's a little bit of a category error because you're right. Cause they're sort of meant to overlap and interlock. Yeah, in these you're, ways. you're watching something that, that 
isn't quite like a traditional movie in it in it and it is more of something of a of a hybrid between um yeah movies and television and and not coincidentally the marvel cinematic universe doesn't it's it's not a director's world it's a producer's world um interesting where there's there's hmm. the producer the kevin feige who like oversees the marvel cinematic universe and there's sort of a house style for those movies visually mm-hmm. and and directors right. get and to do different some, directors come in some yeah. they get to work within the constraints of the house style but you know they've, and that is like a tv show yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and they've lost good yeah. directors because yeah. they weren't able to work within the constraints of that system um interesting well and i think for me like i've gotten some teasing about this in my past that like of trilogies, you know, the sort of like the thing that people say is that the middle one is always worse, but I always like the middle one the best because it's That's not the beginning and it's not the end. It's like just what's happening right now in the middle. Yeah, like, right. like I always like the part where like the adventure's not happening. It's the characters just like sitting around, like just chewing the fat. Act and, like, two. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. 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 I like that the best. So yep. that's so, and that's what TV, like that's where TV lives. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. That makes sense. Um, this makes me want to go watch TV, but I also have to go and eat dinner. I need to do those things. Could, um, okay. So, could you watch um, TV while you eat dinner? I try not to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I really try not to do that. Um, but this is like such a great conversation, yeah, it was a fun and one. I really, really enjoyed it a lot. And it makes me also like maybe want to watch more movies, but like kind hey, of. Hey, okay. Um, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we're we're stopping there then. Um thanks for listening. You can send us feedback from our website. Yeah, I want you to I want you to readers, writers, whatever listeners. they called, listeners. Yeah, I want them to weigh in. I want to know what they think about all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. yeah, so you go to tmwiw.net. There's a um a little contact form there. You can shoot us an email through that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Amos Worth. You can follow the show at TMWIW Podcast. And uh, I guess that's it. That's it, but it's really fun. I like this, and I hope we can talk more about all this kind of stuff. I that think we will. I, I feel sure that we will. Bye. Bye.